Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get out of here. We oh, got a lot to no. do. Oh, no. Dude, get out of here. I went in my coffee. Oh, okay. No. Are you going to drink that now? I am going to drink it. Wow, that is insane. Oh, yeah. What's up? All my coffee is drank already. Drank? I guess it is drank. It doesn't sound like drunk. I drunk drunk. it. Yeah. I don't know, but we're English lesson lesson to start off the Monday podcast, <laughs> and that was last week when we had a moth fly into my coffee. I drank yeah. all my coffee. There's no moths around. First time we've ever seen a moth. Right. In, First time ever we've seen one? In, in our oh, studio. In, in a studio. I had never seen one right, before. Right. <laughs> and we're one for one on the moth going into your coffee. Slam dunk. I hope he survived. I don't know. It's a lot. My coffee is pretty strong, so he might have been fucking juiced up big time. <laughs> I didn't notice it at the time, too, because I asked you. You heard right there. Right. Are you going to drink it? And I did. And you go, yeah, I am going to drink yeah. it. You drank it like 30 seconds later. I did. I it didn't. was almost like defiant. Well, it You're was. Like, like, not- moth can't, can't stop me. <laughs> what? Yeah. No way. Yeah. And my, I'm addicted to my coffee. I mean, I'm like... My day does not really start until coffee goes into my my stomach. What would have to go into your coffee for you not to drink it? Oh, yeah. It'd have to be pretty gross. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it, it, not that gross. I can get away with, I guess, a bug, obviously, as a you bug? Can say. But bug might be the limit, though. I it mean, might get, be. Like, really, honestly, anything already. with a human touching it is, to me, grosser and dirtier than like that. If, like if someone put their fingers in there, yeah, you would Yeah, that would be like, uh, that might be actually enough to get it done. Humans are gross, last time I checked. A human finger grosser right. than a moth. Especially if it was a woman finger, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like I'd be okay with it. But a man finger changes the dynamic, totally. Like, totally. Yeah. I mean, women are, like, polite and keep yeah. their hands to themselves. Clean. They're always You washing. watch a man for, like, three minutes, he sticks his finger everywhere. Yeah. It's in his nose, it's in his eye, it's in yep. his mouth. He itches his butt. I mean, it's just not it's not good. I'm Do not men always wash in the bathroom? No. Right. You know, I've been in men's bathrooms. No. Not no, all the time. They don't. Sometimes it's oh. just a courtesy water, you know, rinse. Oh, it's so many bullshit washers around here. There's so many bullshit water. Like you heard the word the water going, right? And yeah. I'm like, you didn't do anything. You didn't I wanna call people out. <laughs> I wanna call them out. Or the person that walks out yeah. and thinks they got out scot free, like and nobody noticed they didn't wash their hand. Yeah. Like, I won't be shaking your hand later. Yeah. And if I see you shaking somebody's hand, I'm going to tell them, yeah. don't shake his hand. He doesn't wash them. And if you put your finger in my coffee, I yeah. ain't drinking yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm not drinking it. Yeah, that's it. All right, baby. Here we go. That was a good... I, I, we got to have a little fodder to start the pot a little. I know. Exactly. I can't just get right down to business. Week four NFL craziness. Yep. It was crazy again. It's crazy every, every week, week right now. It I is. Mean, every, and it's like some of the early games. I was in the room with you guys yeah. again here sitting next to Coach... Jason Garrett, which was yeah, really cool. You were in the big seat last um, night. But it, it was um, 
you're like, all right. Early on, it was like, oh, we're going to have some blowout games where I'm not going to have to pay attention to this Chargers-Texans game, you know, the Seattle-Detroit game, even though I'm a Detroit guy. I was like, all right, looks like Seattle's kind of pulling away in that one. No, they all end up being one-score games. Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. It is. Well, you know, we've talked about this a lot. The NFL is set up right now for the quarterbacks to be able to bring you back, you know, late in the fourth quarter when you're down. 17, 20 points down, it seems like nothing this day and age. And, you know, again, I just think we're – I'll say the same thing I said last week. I don't think you're – you're, you're, this is about the time where I'd go teams are probably starting to figure out exactly what they are. And I think we'll start to see more consistent football from here on out. I'd be surprised. Just not as sloppy, I mean, what I mean by that. Yeah. You know, I think there's that aspect. Uh, I think you'll start to see the cream, you know, separate from, from the rest of the crew here. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm hoping. I am. But, but either way, yeah, we're still in the part of the season where desperation, you know, we're backs against the wall. We'll take a few chances. We're not playing our best football. We're still we're banged up, early season injuries and all that. And man, it's hard to pick the game straight up, let alone like pick them with a spread. Holy cow! A lot of people having trouble with that, not just you, Chris. It, no, so it, I don't. I don't, don't know how bad. you couldn't. I don't feel bad. It, it's. I don't. I looked at it last night and I was like, damn, I think I went seven for nine yesterday and like the, straight up, straight up. And I was just like, I looked at the games and go. All right. I mean, I don't know. I picked the Saints to win by a field goal. The Vikings won by a field goal. You know, six, six for nine. Six for nine. So, thank you, Pete. You wanted you. to bring you down even a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, that that you know, I picked the I picked the the Browns to win a close one against the Falcons. It went the other way. Looks it's just like some of them. You gotta them. you know you gotta. I picked the Steelers to win a close one. They lost the close one. It's just it's hard right now. It really is. But let's talk about it. There's lots of good stuff to so talk about. Yep, we'll go through every game from Sunday. That is our pledge to the homies each and every Monday. We got damn okay. Some of the players that popped out there. We got give me the headlines at the end where we become newspaper editors. Yeah, we're good. Uh, and then Monday Night Football, a preview with some props there as well. So let's start with some of the division leaders here. Pete has ordered this expertly once again, even though he was here late with us once again. Uh, Pete's we'll, a grinder. So every game was close, we said. Like yeah. a one possession game, except for as has been the trend here, our game on Sunday night, even though this was an awesome game. We got to see Brady. We got to see Mahomes. The Chiefs doing some magic stuff. Mahomes doing some magic things. They end up winning 41-31. to 31. It was crazy because the Bucks. one thing, were like, well, that defense. They don't know how good the offense is. Defense has been the best in the NFL. They had given up, what, nine points per game, 27 yeah, phenomenal. all year. Right. Chiefs had 28 at halftime. So let's start with, with the quarterbacks. Yeah. Here. Because you look at the stats, right? Tom Brady, of mm. course, he was bringing his team back. And I they, like where you're going with they this. They barely though. ran at all. But you look right. at the stats, it's like he 385, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You're like, wow, Brady had the better game. Patrick Mahomes, though, he also had three touchdowns. What is it about Patrick Mahomes right now? Right. You know, the stats might not jump, although the stats are still fine. Right. 249 yards, yeah. three scores. What is it about Patrick Mahomes right now? Can you put your finger on what makes him so special? I, well, I mean, first off, the physical ability is crazy, right? We've never seen anybody as creative as throwing the football as Patrick Mahomes, you know, let alone being able to do that and then, of course, make every throw being creative as well or make the standard throw when it's just, hey, prototypical quarterback play. But, like, like I, I think you heard me talking last night and we were talking like it, it, it's hard to quantify. Like, even looking at the game, and I, I like where you're going here, just because I looked up in the second quarter and I was like, the, it's like, you look at the stats, and I'm paying, you know, I always got a stat thing showing on why I'm watching the game, and then I'm just going, well, Brady's stats are better. He's throwing for more yards, quarterback rating, but there's no fucking way he's the better quarterback in the field for the first two quarters of that game. It's like, it's, it's really hard to quantify the Mahomes magic. 
It really is. It just seems like in every got-to-have-it moment or got-to-have-it play, he comes through. And even though it might not be you know, a 40-yard or like surgical, 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 40-yard bomb, boom, 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 it's just like it gets done. And then it gets done with a degree of difficulty at times where you go, hey, that was a cool play, but nothing was open. But damn, he just got it done as usual or made some play happen. So there's like a mixture of... Wait, cool play. Yeah, we can be surgical, but also like this, like it's not overly surgical. And then he can just make it happen that it's hard to really, yeah, put it into words at times. And I was saying this in the studio last night, like, you know, how do you put it into words? How do you do it? Like, I, I, it's so hard to explain, like, where. Yeah, his stats don't just fly off the page at you, but yet you're going, there's no doubt who the best player on the field is. So the stats aren't quantifying exactly, you know, his worth to the game or his worth to the Chiefs. And yeah, he was phenomenal last last night. He really was. And but the, here's my big thing with them. If they play like that right there, and you know them, like you know, we've talked about this a lot. They get an early turnover on the opening kickoff return. And I even said, like, right as it happened, I was like, uh-oh, this... I, I literally yelled out, I go, the Bucks are going to be down 21 nothing before they blink. Because this is just, that's that's the Chiefs. It's like we talk about the Golden State Warriors. They hit a few threes, and all of a sudden you look up and you go, they're up by 35. The game, they were down by two just a minute ago. They're, they're unreal that way. But the game plan was impressive. The physicality was impressive. And then, of course, him added on to it is just insane. I don't know. Can you describe it? It's, like a, wave describe of, it. it's like a wave of momentum. It's like that offense. I think the Bills offense when Josh Allen is definitely like that. that. No Lamar doubt. When he's cooking the Dolphins for one quarter when they're playing the but Ravens defense. But what is defense. it about the... Like you, the statistics, yet we know he's the best player. Like, see, even like, even yeah. Allen goes through that too. Like yesterday, like Allen's stats don't jump off you. You're, you're right. Mahomes is to a greater aspect, though, of like the stats don't look good, but you're like, he's definitely made the best plays on the field and has yeah. been the best player on the field. You've put it well. He's you think Steph, so? He's Steph Curry with a spiral. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think visually, the way he makes it happen. Right. Right? Sidearm going underneath a defensive lineman's arm so right. it doesn't get batted down at the line of scrimmage. Right. We all saw the basketball touchdown throw yeah. to Clyde Edwards. The alley-oop he made through from half court. Exactly. Right. I yeah. think visually, he just right. has more ways yeah. creatively. Right. And he's not the most athletic quarterback out there. He's very athletic. Yeah, I right. I got you. you look but at, he's you look not at the, Lamar. And, he's not Lamar. Right. He's not Kyler Murray. Right. Right. But it just seems like the creativity, the way that he can move his body yeah. and get himself into into areas awkward that positions can make and everything. plays right it's just it's visually unlike anyone in the game right now and anyone we've ever seen I think. yeah yeah I, th- I think you're right I think that's really what it is and it's 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 um it's addicting to watch you know uh, again as much as you know I love Mahomes and Rodgers and Lamar and those that and Justin Herbert and Burrow there's just a pizzazz about Mahomes when you watch him where you go this this shit is it's I'm not even I'm not even overstating it it's magical yeah it really is and um the, the, the Chiefs, I'm proud of the Chiefs. I mean, first off, I didn't think they could ever run the ball like that on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then, you know, you heard me last week a little bit on the pod on the Wednesday What the F Happened pod where I was just like, you know, get away from the run game a little bit. Let's just throw more screens. They did throw more screens last night. There's no doubt about that. That was part of their game plan. Juju had a big one. Right. Juju, Kelsey, down. there was a few right there. And it's not, again, I'm not looking for it. We're not looking for screens to be like home run breakers. We just want it. 
if they have a steady dose of it where they're getting five and six yards, they're going to start getting the coverages they want to then start the air show again and push the ball down the field. And we saw that a little last night too. I think there was a few plays where the Bucks finally were like, all right, we can't just play umbrella defense here. You know, they're running on us or they're throwing the ball short. We got to change it up. And then they strike for a, you know, a, a more aggressive play down the field. But man, the, the, that right there, I think shows you the potential of the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that game fell their way in some ways and the Bucks didn't have their best night, but it just shows you that when the, the Chiefs are on their game, there's no doubt they're in the class of the best team in football and, and in that convo. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, 92 yards. Pacheco came in, the rookie, 63 yeah. yards. He looked pretty good. Yeah, I know I you're going to take a deeper look at this game probably on Wednesday. You're going to yeah. want to take a look at the film. Yep. So we won't spend too much time on it. But uh, this is an interesting question that came in from DSHSV99. Whoa, that's like a top CIA clearance number right there. <laughs> yeah, member of the FBI. <laughs> on the broadcast, he or she says, it looked like Andy Reid was calling all the plays. Is he taking into uh, taking it into his own hands because Eric Bieniemy? Can't attack shell coverages. Ooh, very it's, it's a great question. question. And, and and at DSHSV99, <laughs> I, that's something I noticed during the game too. I had some NBC people before the game go, you know, who calls the plays? And I said, well, this year Biennemi's been calling the plays. And then we started the game and I went, I think Andy's calling the plays today. And then, of course, we showed another clip of him on NBC, and he was covering his mouth. I'm like, damn, Andy's calling the plays. So big games, Andy has been known to take over. Maybe he hasn't liked the total rhythm of the offense. Listen, I don't think the plays to our to our answer here to one of the homies or homets is that it, I don't think the plays change a whole lot, but you always hear me about great play callers have a feel for the other guy. They know how to tie the plays together, right? Hey, we threw a screen. A few plays later, we faked that screen and hit Marquez Valding up the sideline for a big play, right? Yeah. That's where I think Andy is. I, I, I hope, you know, nothing against Eric Bieniemy, but he has a little magic there. And they have a great committee, committee anyways, but it did seem like Andy Reid was calling the play. And then I think the other thing where I've just, I've ne- the Chiefs were so good at staying ahead of the chains last night. I mean, at one point, they were 9 for 11 on third downs. Maybe that's part of the Mahomes thing, too, where we just go, man, every third down, he just makes it happen. Some were, you know, smart, good tactical plays. Others were just like, what the fuck? That was a great defense. How do you stop that? I don't know. And then the others were like, whoa, that's a cool play by Andy Reid. But I thought their ability to kind of stay in those manageable situations, that, that was a big key, too, whether it was the run game or screen game to keep them in, you know, a lot of third and fours and things like that to where I don't give a shit who you are and what defense you got. You got Patrick Mahomes at third and four too many times. You can't stop that, yeah. you know, along with Andy Reid and the talent they have on their team. So that was that was impressive, let alone you know their defense was impressive too. Um, and, One thing, let's yeah. go to the Bucks offense. One thing with the Bucks here, their yeah. defense was impressive. Now, they got very pass-happy to the Bucks because they were down big early on. Yeah. You've mentioned Todd Bowles wants his team to be more of a running team. Exactly. So hated the game yesterday. No, because did, no doubt. Leonard Fournette carried it three times for negative three yards. They only had three yards total as a team in rushing compared to the Chiefs' 189. Was it just a matter of the game got away from them early and they had to change the way they they had to revert back to Tom Brady from last year? I I, I think so. I think that's you know I think that game played out you know exactly the way they didn't want it to play out. Yeah. Should they have done that though? I mean, should they have tried to just still stay balanced? <sighs> it was it it was it was hard to just in the fact of it's 14 to three. Before we blink our eyes, and 
you know, we gotta we gotta push the envelope a little here tonight because it seems like you know Mahomes and and Andy and yeah. the enemy got their mojo going. They could score forty one. They, they could they, score. Well, and, and then did. here's the other the other element too, is. You know the one thing I, I love about Spags when he plays Brady, he doesn't like bow down. You see, he he puts people at the line of scrimmage. He makes Brady think. You know how many times last night did you hear Brian Red, Red Giant, Red Giant, because he's you know you know Mike Fifty Four, Linda, Linda, Rita, Rita. He's changing things because Spag challenges him. There's a reason Spags has beat him in a Super Bowl, and hey, beat him with the Chiefs too, giving them some issues. You know, but that's where you know I think they they have a good balance of like, hey, we're crowding the line of scrimmage, we're giving you the pass. Like, oh, we drop out. Hey, we're crowding the line of scrimmage, we're probably going to drop out again. Oh, we blitz somebody you didn't expect. And I thought that was a good job by him, just you know keeping them off kilter a little bit as well. Um, but but I, I I still think I think my overall thing is I'm not panicked by the Bucks. You know, they they ran into a team that was ready to go last night, pissed off. I Super Bowl hangover from two years ago, that's still in their mind. I mean, Kelsey and Mahomes, the leaders of the team, they were there. So was Chris Jones and Frank Clark. They don't forget that moment. You know, so I think they really got their A game there going last night. Yeah. And I think the Bucks are still a team that's kind of still finding their way a little bit as far as how they want to play as a complete team and you know, trying to play this more balanced approach on offense, and we'll see if they can keep it going. I don't know. Maybe you go for it for a few more weeks. If they feel like it doesn't work, maybe you open it back up to the pass game, but mm. I, I don't think you do that quite yet. I think you stay the, stay with the plan. I think for the Chiefs, too, and, and Pete will like this, I think yeah. we've finally gotten to the point where we don't have to mention anymore how will they survive without Tyreek Hill. I think now week, going into week five. You think? You think, Tyreek Hill, I don't know, right? I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't listen to a breakdown of the Chiefs and then not bring that up on TV. <laughs> I know, it's, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I think maybe it's dead now. No, I, maybe I, it's dead. I hope so. I, you know, I, it should be. And again, I think last night shows a lot, of, a lot too, a little bit again. The way they spread the ball around, yeah. it's hard. Other than Kelsey, it's hard to figure, you know, who they're going against. And you know, I hear people say like, "Well, you just got to double Kelsey." It's a very hard double. It's a very hard double. The way they move him around, his ability to run routes, they give him freedom in their backyard football. But, but, but when you double Kelsey, you're gonna then give the looks that they want to throw down the field. And I know there's no Tyreek there, mm -hmm. but McColl and Valdez Scantling can still Hardman can go and yeah. that group there to Watson. Where, we saw and against Watson, the Chargers, right? Yeah. And Sky Moore, and they're still gonna be able to scare you that way. So that's where you know they got you in a bind right now. And yes, they're the number four offense in football, mm -hmm. so they're doing okay with Tyreek. They can get you in a bind. So can the Bills, and so can the Ravens. Yeah, and they did that for each a half. Yeah, the Ravens offense in the first <laughs> half, and the Bills offense. In the second half, great comeback by the Bills in Baltimore. Uh, they improved to three and one. They win by three. Let's start at the end of the game, fourth quarter. We talked about it a lot on Football Night in America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Harbaugh and the call with the game tied at twenty. Four minutes left. Ravens hadn't done much in the second half. Drove down there at the two yard line. Fourth and two. Yeah. They go for it. Right. They don't kick the field goal. Right. Lamar under pressure, backpedaling, throws it up in the end zone. Poyer with the interception, which. Uh, Changed things significantly, put them at the 20, and then they drive down, kick a field goal. Right. Time expires. Right. Dat boy crisis says that Harbaugh is dumb in a lot of his coaching decisions. That's just a statement. I guess he's wanting to know if you're going to agree or disagree uh, with that statement and that call at the end of the game. <laughs> Are oh, you? That was it. Yes. Yeah. I was just, sorry. Sorry. I was. Uh, uh, Are you going to agree? I, I'm not going to say he's dumb. All right. First off, I think he's a hell of a coach. Do. 
Do I think that decision was not my favorite? I'm not going to say it's dumb. I think there is some some like real well, there's a lot of thought merit there and yeah. thought. Right. This is not a guy that's just going by the seat of his pants. He's not. He's a little more well thought out than that. Hey, at the end of the day, like you heard me say last night, I'm kicking the field goal. I am. I mean, the drive before they stopped. That Buffalo didn't do anything. I mean, I'm, that's what I was looking up when it, Buffalo went three and out the drive before. All right, and. You know, I, I'm just a believer in, and you've heard me say this over and over, and I think anybody that listens to the podcast, I don't know, I grew up in old school Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick way of football through my dad. So you, know, you take the lead and you put the pressure on the other team to execute and go and make the play and do things the right way to overtake the lead. That's just my thought. But at the same time, I think the biggest thing and what we hit on last night and, you know, Jason Garrett made the point and I think it's it's spot on is the interception is what really fucks the play up because if they just throw the ball incomplete, right, yep. they're going to get the ball at the three yard line and be backed up and they got to be a little careful with the plays they call because they are backed up and all that. And, you know, the interception changes the dynamic because now he's tackled in the end zone. The ball's at the 20, and, oh, there's a little breathing room. I, I mean, I, I bet you if John Harbaugh knew that was going to happen, he'd go, oh, wait, I don't want to do that. That's not cool. Um, so I don't think it's the worst decision in yeah. the world, but I wouldn't have done it. I'll say that. So you made the point that they had held him to three and out the previous drive, but that was the first time they had done that in a long time. The drive before yes, that, right. nine plays, 80 yards, touchdown. The, play, yep. or the drive before that, 10 plays, 51 yards, and a field goal. The drive before that. Uh, 11 plays, 76 yards, and yep. a touchdown. So right, they, they were the rolling. Bi- the Bills were the Bills were rolling. Yes, there. they were. And I think if you look at the numbers and and win probability, there was definitely a case for trying to go for it there and put the nail in the coffin if you could, or make it a whole lot more difficult for the Bills to come back and score uh, and tie that game. Um, but w- what do you think overall? I mean, we hadn't seen that the Bills win a whole lot of one score games. I think they hadn't won one. They were like 0-7. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know really. how much you make of that. And uh, previously, Josh Allen was 0-7 when trailing by 17 or more points. Um, so I, I don't know. He's just fluky stats. I don't know if you can read much into it. Well, him, yeah. I mean, it's always. I mean, Drew Brees never brought the Saints back from sixteen points down. People act like it's like it's like, hey, he's never, he's never. Can you believe Josh Allen's never <laughs> brought them back from seventeen? Yeah. I mean, we just saw the Saints last week have an all-time comeback. They had an all-time quarterback. We act like it's nothing. You know, it, it's not easy to overcome that all the time, especially too in their instance with Josh Allen. Where it's just, you know, it's the Josh Allen th- show. There's no run game that the defense has to worry about. Oh, we don't have to worry about a draw play or this run play that might gash us, all of that. I thought that played into the hands, ultimately, of Baltimore yesterday. I think you heard me maybe say that during the game. One thing I didn't think about was Baltimore didn't have to worry about a run game yesterday. That's why their defense looked a little bit better. They could just go, wait, all we got to do is worry about the pass, really, and just containing Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for the most part, Hey, the Ravens controlled the first half of the football game. We know yeah. that. Um, but but not they maybe. They didn't contain Josh Allen, though, running the football they in the did second not. half. They definitely did not. I mean, in the second half, he was making plays everywhere. And, yes, they, they fell into issues with him scrambling more than anything, more than the design runs yesterday. Yes. But I, I think the thing that, you know, the game was a little misleading in the fact that when it was 20-3, to three, the Bills had driven the ball, had some big drops on third downs. I mean, uh, there was really a point in the first half where I went, well, this is like the fifth or sixth pass that's gone through wet gloves yeah. that was right on target and kind of ended the drive. You were blaming the receivers. There have been times when you said drops aren't always on the receivers, No, right, right. right. And it was wet out there, and they yeah. were wearing gloves. You 
You were getting angry. They're I making take your, the gloves off. They're making your boy Blue look bad. Well, and just so take, it's the like, take the gloves off. off. Right. And so, and, and a few of the... I, Maybe I mean, he was throwing it too hard. The announcers were, were talking about, like, you know, there was a conversation with players about when I should take the gloves off during the game. Changing gloves. And I yeah. want to go, like, it was your third drop. Maybe now's the time to do it. <laughs> like, let, let's do that. Yeah. Um. But, you know, overall, it's, you know, Bills, you got to give them credit. They're still a banged-up football team, and... To be down twenty to three, to have that huge drive in the end of the second quarter, and then what I'm most interested to see, you know, we yeah, the the Ravens defense gave up, you know, twenty unanswered points, right? But at the same time, I want to see what the Bills did more schematically in the second half. The 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 whole Lamar Jackson scoreless in the second half, where you know in the first half, not that it was big time, but man, they just seemed like they, the Bills couldn't get off the field. Lamar, the passing offense, the run game, whatever, just made every play they needed to to extend the drive and keep things going and really controlled the flow of the first half with a few Bills mistakes like we're talking about. Yeah, Scarecrow Boat wants to know the same things. He goes, damn okay to that Bills defense. They held the Ravens offense to zero points in the second half after doing the same to the Rams and the Titans. Pete notes here that Buffalo has allowed seven points in the second half this season. Well, that speaks to one thing. And you know what that is. Come on, what is it? Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier. Exactly right. They're just they're they're there's there's some teams that can adjust at halftime, and there's some teams that can't. There's some teams that just can't see the game for what it is. And that's where, like, to me, McDermott and F- Leslie Frazier are amazing. You know, I've been around like, you know, I've seen McDaniels and Belichick in action. You know, it was a lot different how they handled halftime, maybe compared to John Gruden. John Gruden would be like, hey, we'd still like these plays, blah, blah, blah. McDaniels, that kind of guy, I'm just giving some context. I'm sorry, I don't mean that. McDaniels would come in and be like, hey, they're playing us like this. They're doing this. This is this kind of game. They're doing this when we get in this formation. We're going to start doing this now, right? And you're like, damn, okay, yeah, that makes sense, right? Instead of just like, hey, these are plays we like. Okay, yeah, I like them too, but does it mean it's going to work today? I don't know. So there was a real tack. And they seem to have always the right feel to go – you know, I'm sure they're charting things, how they're being played throughout the game, and they can get in the halftime, they can look at it and go, you know, they're doing this, this, and this. We gotta do this now. We gotta combat it with that. And oh, we've been gashed by this and that. All right, when they get in that formation, we can't play this defense anymore. And they seem to have a real great feel and intellect on on how to make those adjustments. We'll give Ian the last word here. Ian thirty one. 280. What's going on with all these weird numbers and CIA codes? I don't know. What's going on with the homies Top here? Top secret. Uh, he goes, the Ravens should be 4-0. And then he's got, what is that, the monkey with his eyes covered. He's like, he can't look. You know, they've had two big leads and they've blown them. Yeah. Dolphins and uh, the Bills here this last week. Defense has something to do with that. And there's concerns with the defense. Yes, they could be 4-0. Right. But there's a reason they're not. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's... It's um I'm not panicked about the Ravens. I still think their defense will get better. Okay. You know, um I think yesterday's blown lead is is less concerning to me than actually at least from the defensive standpoint. Like I said, the offense I want to go check out cuz it did sputter out completely, which is concerning when there's no Jordan Phillips or Ed Oliver on the field or Tredavious White or, you know, Micah Hyde and some of these guys where you go, can the Bills defense really be what we think it can be? But um it's to me was was less disappointing yesterday than the Dolphins game, 
where it was just a free-for-all and there was no answers. And then there was mental mistakes and you're just like, oh my gosh, they're doing whatever they want. Like remember what we said it was screen for 15 and wide open guy down the middle for 20. And then it was like, wait, we forgot how to play cover two and we don't even cover Tyree Kill. Yesterday they made I felt like it was more extraordinary plays from Josh Allen and company that just got it done. But it does bring up the one thing that we have talked about again, that there's nobody in the front for Baltimore that can make a play in these moments. They don't have the closer. Hey, we're up by 17. It's third and 12. I'm going to get the fucking sack here and they're going to punt away. Instead, it's, you know, whoa, he escaped. And now he's on the edge, and he threw a great throw because they couldn't cover for 12 seconds, right? Or he escapes, and there's nobody there to tackle him on third and five, and he runs for the first down. And that, to me, is where they're missing those kind of guys right now. And, you know, again, I think in a lot of ways, the Bills' offense was a favorable matchup for, for Baltimore because, like I said, they didn't have to worry, the run, worry about the run game. But, you know, as we saw once again, I mean, Josh Allen is in a very elite class, and he can become almost unstoppable at times once he kind of gets on fire, like we see Mahomes. Yeah, Bills improved to three and one. Ravens fall to two and two. Every team in the AFC North right now at the top there is two and two. Uh, Cleveland's two and two. Baltimore's two and two. Cincy's two and two. We got Baltimore and Cincy. S- Sunday night football. Sunday that's going to be a good one. No, no doubt it's about not. it. It's not. It's going to be a blowout because that's all we get now <laughs> is blowout games. Uh, we hope it's a good one. Yeah. I uh, mean, I mean, out of those three teams, yeah. right? You uh-huh. know, Cleveland, Cincy, Baltimore. Yeah. It's right off the top of your head right now. Who's like, who do you think's the best of the group? I, I still think that it's tough. I would give the edge to Baltimore. You're going to give Baltimore and then Cincy and then Cleveland? Because I think they have Lamar. And I think there's questions on everyone, right? Can Cincinnati protect Joe Burrow? That's definitely. I know. Who, it's it's hard. Who's Cleveland still because right now? They just like, lost they can, to Atlanta. I, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm not going to put Cleveland. It's definitely, to me, Cincy or Baltimore, for sure. And you, 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 you two talk about that. You're right. It's a major concern. But then you're like, well, it's Joe Burrow and those weapons, yeah. and they'll figure it out. Uh, it, it, it is really hard. But um, it's two teams still that I think are going to be in the thick of things here throughout the year. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Out Stretch Litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Out Stretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Find Fresh Step Out Stretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. There's only one undefeated team, 
and that is the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles in the Doug Peterson Eagles. Bowl. Fly. Uh, they cheered Doug Peterson. Good. I hope Phillies, so. The fans are trying to get past that whole Santa Claus thing. They don't want people to bring up the uh, Santa Claus thing anymore. Well, let's wait the, till Santa Claus comes out again, and we'll see where they've, he's never, they've adjusted. He's never shown up since, right? <laughs> right. They said, fuck that place. Boom me once, shame on you. Boom me twice, shame on me for showing back up. I get that. Uh, <laughs> Eagles beat the Jaguars at 29-21. Uh, interesting game, though, because it was, it was. 14-0 right away. Yeah. The Jaguars were like, wow, they have arrived, and your crush grew bigger and bigger. But it was a rainy, wet game. Uh, which I hate. I hated that. For Would Buffalo have been a and Baltimore game. and this. Well, I just want to see teams at their best and their fastest and cut you know, quickly and hit hard. And that's where I, 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 I hate sloppiness in a big game like that. Trevor Lawrence was not great. No, he was one. not. It was sloppy for him. Four fumbles lost, the most in a single game by any quarterback since at least 1991. Is five giveaways, most in the game in Lawrence's career. Okay. Oh, boy. Andriella Pagone. Yeah. Ooh, I think I nailed that. Right? Yeah. Can we just cut out the part where I'm stammering? And be like, Ooh, uh, uh, cut that out. All right. The weather in the Jags-Eagles game was bad. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags struggled with it mightily. However, the Eagles' offense seemed content to play in it. What gives? Yeah, what would you make of that? Well, you know, I think the Eagles, are they're made for that right there. I mean, what? Do you, oh, oh, wait. We got to play Smash Mouth and run the ball? We got to... Our big fuckers got to get in a, a, a mud pit and see who can push each other around? Well, our pigs are bigger in the mud pit, so we're going to push you around. You know, they're, they're comfortable with that. You know, so that that's this is where they're an unbelievable roster going back to our preseason rankings. It's like, oh, wait, we can't maybe throw the ball as deep today and do that? Well, okay, we can play the power, ugly football game. I think that's really what it is, you know, more than anything. Um, it, it just – it's – they have so many ways they can beat you right now. I think that's what we're seeing through four weeks. And, I mean, really on the ropes in this football game. Like you said, the pick six, really good drive by the Jaguars to go down and score a touchdown. You know, stop the Eagles on a fourth and three around midfield, and you're going, holy shit, the Jaguars, two first downs, and they're going to be up 17 nothing here at the least. He misses Agnew. On a double move down the right sideline on first down, where he's got a, it's a touchdown. Yeah, it's a touchdown. Didn't gonna, put enough air on the ball. Right, yeah. kind of threw a line drive and didn't let him run underneath it. Misses that. You know, a few plays later, it gets to fourth and three, I believe. I want to say right, maybe fourth and five. He leaves the pocket and just drops the ball. The ball looks like it. I don't know if it's just a jolt of him trying to running form or if his thigh hit the football. Either way, he drops it, and you know, huge moment in the football game. Not only because he's probably going to be able to run for the first. If not, there's a guy wide open over there. When I'm watching the replay on on, I believe that was Fox yesterday. Or he he's got an easy completion. They're going to get the first down, and it's going to be oh wow. And then from that moment on, that was the game changing moment in my opinion. There was a few plays yesterday in, in football that were game changing moments, and that was one right there. You know, that leads to a seven play, fifty seven yard drive, and it was like Jacksonville's offense couldn't quite get it together ever again after that. And you just saw the Eagles just go, "Oh, okay, well, you know, we might just have to play a little ugly today and run the ball and do that, and then we'll hit our shots here and there if we got to." And that's what they did. And their defense just wore down Jacksonville. And and Lawrence was reverted back to the bad pocket play I saw last year. I know. Year. I was thinking of that. I right? was like, it was just a week after. I was just 
praising you were him. Praising him. I know. A pocket awareness. He yeah. Scre- he screwed you. He screwed me. He literally watched that and he was like, "Well, I've made it." You know, Sim says I'm good in the pocket. <laughs> I've made it. I don't need to work on it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. Because co- just a couple of times, the uh, the pressure came from the front side. It wasn't even the backside. Front side and just knocked the ball out of his hands. Gr- like, get, hey, listen, I love a guy that's looking downfield, doesn't feel the rush, but it, you know how it is. There's too many crazy fuckers on the defensive line that are talented this day and age right now. You got to be like. Always have your head on a swivel, like Lamar or Josh Allen or Mahomes, where, hey, we look at one, we look at two, I got to peek for a second to see, okay, now I can look at three, right? And, and, and I think yesterday he got in a little of that. He fumbled a snap. You know, the interception down in the red zone when they had a chance, they're kind of driving and you're going, hey, they got a little momentum going here. And it looks like he has Christian Kirk if he drives the ball to him, you know, on a line drive. You know, it doesn't see the corner falling off James Bradbury. That was another big moment where, you know, what was the score of that game at that point? I want to say it was like maybe 23-14. It might have been 20-14. to It was around the third quarter. Um, but either way, th- those were, were moments where, you know, they lost their chance to kind of climb back in the game and regain momentum. And, and Philly is no doubt the best team in football right yeah. now. Hassan Reddick, give him credit for forcing two of those fumbles, yes, jumping sir. on two of those fumbles, yep. two sacks in the game, so he was terrorizing Trevor Lawrence, and it was Miles Sanders with a career high. Yeah. 134 yards, two touchdowns, also a career high. Uh, and, and real quick, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Great again. Great again. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know. Philly fans are going to want to hear you say I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. Well, no, I, I mean, again, am I like, am I wrong? Here's I'm wrong with this right here. I was questioning whether he was a legit NFL starter. He's proved me wrong there for sure. Now, whether you know, every now and then I see him. My t- why isn't he in the same breath as Mahomes and Allen? I want to go. No, now you need to shut the fuck up and let's back off a little bit here. Okay, it's really good, right? It is. It's a great team like we're talking about. He's doing a great job. And the thing I love about him, like the three-yard run for the touchdown, right, to, to make it 14-7. Like what? Lowered his shoulder? Like had a guy coming full speed, taking that kind of hit? I mean, that's just the toughness of the player I He's respect. Physical runner, physical right. runner. And the throwing is better. So I am wrong about Jalen Hurts, but I'm going to pump the brakes on everybody that's trying to tell me he's the top 10 quarterback in football already. I'm not ready to go there yet. Yeah. You know, and again, this is going to sound disrespectful, but it's not. A lot of quarterbacks would look really good in Philadelphia. You know, he got hurt last year and Gardner Minshew looked like fucking awesome. Yeah. They're a good team. He makes them even better though. And I am going to say that for sure because of their running ability, his deep ball throwing ability and then his of course his running ability off of all that is is special and it makes them tough and you know for all those out there they were like Eagles number 1 seed in the NFC playoffs Sims you're fucking insane like no I'm not I'm actually smart on this one feeling good about that one I, I how can you not you're watching it yep right Hertz, Hertz is third now in the MVP he could win the MVP. He Who can. Knows? Quarterbacks on the best team often have a pretty good chance. No doubt about it. You're right. He's going to be in the MVP conversation. There's no doubt. Uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. has the claim to that the last two years. Right. And he pulled one out yesterday. Although, his comments after the game, he was not very happy about the way this game played out. Yeah, how pa- could he be? Packers beat the Patriots by three, went to overtime, deep into overtime, which it was not cool. It went into our show. Right? The end of their game went into football night in America. Seriously. So I hope most people turned off the game and caught football night at starting at 7 Eastern. Right. right? Which I think most people probably do, right? You don't need to see Aaron Rodgers come back again. Against the third string Patriots quarterback. Jeez. Been there. Boring. Been there, done that. 
Um, okay, so here let's let's get. Uh, where do I want to start here? Uh, first of all, I give you way, way, way more respect now, and not that I didn't before, but for being able to track this game while we're doing the show and preparing. I was like, I knew nothing of what was happening in this game. This game was happening while we were doing the show, while we were rehearsing. Uh, Chris kept his eye on it. Um, from what you saw, should Aaron Rodgers be disappointed well, with yeah. how this game played out? Yeah. You know, I saw the comments, like what he talked about a little bit. This is not sustainable. This is what I've been trying to say a little bit. Like, and you heard me say What's this. What's not sustainable? The 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 way they're playing to win. Like, they're not going to win a Super Bowl this way. It's not going to happen. It, it's not. It's it's too hard. There's lack of big plays on the offensive side of the ball. You know, it's it's too reliant on the defense, which again I know is good. I'm not ready to write home and say it's like the best defense in football yet. But, yeah, I don't know if this is going to get it done against the cream of the crop in football. You know, that's where I worry about it. We'll see where it goes. But either way, they got the victory. You know, New England's not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Their defense is good. And, you know, I think where they hurt is they're just trying to figure out their plays and their player that they're going to start to formulate around, right? Like at some point, like we talk about, you got to have something that, all right, this is our go-to stuff. This is what we do. And this makes defenses change what they do. See, they've been so Devontae Adams, you know, reliant in that aspect to go, wait, we got him singled out. So now you have to double him. And now we have this play over here, right? And no, no, now you're outnumbered on this side. Oh, wait, wait, we have this cool play over here and you're stopping it. But now Devontae Adams is single over here, and you're screwed. So what are you going to do, right? And then it's then yeah, Devontae Adams into the whoa, he is over here right now, a part of the concept. And there's a whole list of plays that they go to here, so they don't have that anything in their offense right now that I think is making a defense go, oh no, we have to do this, we have to stop this, we have to change this on third down. We usually play these coverages, but we can't do that against this group because of what they're doing, and they don't have that yet. Yeah. I think they'll get there. I really do. Yeah, what do you think about those receivers? I mean, Lazard led the team in yards, yeah. 116, and they had a pretty good connection previously, and Aaron Rodgers has said before this is his time to be the number one. Maybe he'll develop into that guy. And it seems like Romeo Dobbs is coming on strong here, too. He had a touchdown in the game. I, D- Dobbs has got real talent. All right, Lazard, to me, I've always been, a, always been a fan of Lazard. He's not a number one. He's a really awesome number two, you know, uh, my my hope, and you know, as as I always like Aaron Rodgers and rooting for him, is that they can get Dobbs and Watson and Lazard on the field to where he can feel comfortable, and then I could go. You better watch out for that crew right there, where now he can call his plays and check and not feel uncomfortable about like, oh, I don't know if Christian Watson knows exactly how to do this or whatever else, because that that to me has real talent to stress out a defense. And he's obviously getting more comfortable with Dobbs. You can see that clearly. You know, and, and and almost had the big connection at the end of the football game to really put the game away, right, with the touchdown that got yeah. you know overruled or ultimately got called incomplete. And then LaFleur stupidly challenged. But I think that's where they're kind of at. And they're, 
there's potential is what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't know if Do- he would even trust Dobbs and that crew this early in the season. Last week it showed he trusted him in Tampa Bay. There's more of trust tree this week. If Watson could stay healthy, that's where I go, oh, watch out. They could be a handful if those guys get going here. Yeah. Already trying to use him as a weapon. He had that. Yeah, they were doing reverses. That's yard, they're, they're trying to hide him right now a little bit that way. Right. At C Sims quarterback two, your yeah. burner account yeah. says, uh, <laughs> despite the win, the Packers offense still clearly struggling. Their play calling seems inept. Very few easy passes or open receivers now. Is the departure of Nathaniel Hackett more to blame for the offensive woes than the loss of Adams and Scantling? I, I, I think listen, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't help. Nathaniel's you know, smart, and I think again when you add another guy into that into the think tank, right? Rogers, Lafleur is oh Nathaniel Hackett. They also lose uh, uh, Gedecki, um, the offensive coordinator for the Bears, right? There's another guy that's now you know, hey, uh, Getsy, Getsy, yeah, excuse me. Getsy. Uh, the, the, uh, who the hell is Gedecki? I'm, I'm just getting it mixed up with somebody. Yeah. But Getsy, so you've lost like okay Hackett, Getsy. Devontae Adams, Scott, like that, that's 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 a pretty good crew to yeah. go. Wait, we're different here on this side of the ball. And to add to that, to add C Sims QB two, yeah, right, is what I would say is this a little bit. Their offense has never been that imaginative. It's not, you know, it's just they couple plays together the right way. They got the basics, and then they just rely on him to get in the right play against the right defense all the time. Him yeah. as in Rodgers, right? And that's where I've never turned on Packers film. And I think you guys can attest to this and just gone, oh my gosh, some of the plays they ran, they were the coolest fucking things I ever saw. And oh my gosh. No, they're kind of boring and by the book, but they just do it the right way. And he never lets you relent and like, oh, you got away with that one. I, I shouldn't have called that play. Like they call good play. And then if you get in a different defense, he gets you in the right play. A little bit what Belichick was talking about after the game. It's hard. You know, Belichick probably drives him crazy because his schematics don't overcome Aaron Rodgers all the time. Rodgers goes, "Oh wait, it's Bill. He's playing this, but oh, I, I got to check for that." That's it's now that now his defense is in trouble here. Yeah, and I think if you couple that, yeah, with a few ideas and then bringing these guys together, that's why the offense hasn't looked right. But but I, again, I think there's some hope hopefulness here in in the last two weeks for for the way things have looked. Luke Gadecki, right? Is that the name? Good. The Offensive lineman, oh, rookie guard yes. for the Bucks, the Buccaneers. Right? That's but Gidecki. it's not Gadecki, right? It's Gadecki. Gadecki, right? You're right. You're right. Yeah, way to go. You're so good at your pronunciation. Remember, I said by the end of the year, I You're want us no to ball. know every offensive lineman, defensive lineman, everything their pronunciation. Got to give the Pats a little credit. For- so, what do you think of Bailey Zappi coming in? Brian Hoyer had to leave with a head injury, unfortunately. Right. Uh, Bailey Zappi, the first rookie to throw a touchdown pass this season. Hey. Oh. Yeah, it's funny, actually. <laughs> he looked like Mac Jones light. Yeah, I mean, that's what he is. That's what they like. Or he's, you know, Brian Hoyer-like. Or yeah. I mean, he's he is, it's, it's smart. He knows where to put the football. You know, he had the bad strip sack fumble, right, kind of early on when he first got in. Um, I, I can't, I, I want to say that was maybe Rashawn Gary that s- stripped him. Um, uh, or I think it was. I'm, I can't remember exactly. It was Rashawn Gary. Yeah. But you know he looked good. But like I, you know, as we we're you're you know you're doing a segment. I'm watching some of these drives Crazy. here at the end. It yeah. was run, 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 run. Play action pass to somebody wide open. Run, run, run. Play action pass to somebody wide open. And he did a good job getting the ball to the guy he was supposed to. Yeah. You know it was a very tough situation certainly, and you know one that. 
damn, I would have liked to have seen that game with Brian Hoyer because I think that game probably would have been a little bit even more interesting than it was. Yeah, 18 carries for Harris, 14 carries for Stevenson. We'll probably see that many times this year. Yes, you will. So Packers get a win. One of the rivals in the NFC North, the Vikings went to London, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the home of Harry Kane. And Youngman's son as well. I know Harry. I don't know the other guy. Youngman's son, very good player. I'm not as into my hockey, I mean, a hockey, hockey. soccer world as I used to be. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, it, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not quite. I used to be more of a pay attention to all the particulars. I'm not quite there anymore. Yeah. What do they call it in hockey if it goes off the, the piping? What do they say? Is that off the, yeah, the piping? Off the post. Off oh, the post. Yeah. So it's off the post. Right. In soccer, they go off the woodwork. And in this, in 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 football, we just say it was a double doink. They say it was off the woodwork yeah. in soccer. Yeah, I, I don't know, know that, that they're made of wood anymore. The they, goals maybe at one time not they were made of wood. They're definitely not. But they'll say off the woodwork. Off the woodwork. Um, okay. And so, but in football, we say off the upright or crossbar. Right. Or if it's both, as I said, the double doink. A and double doink. We saw it again. Uh, on what a sixty-one yard attempt by Will Lutz, and yep. the previous drive he nailed a sixty. He had the distance clearly. I mean, it was probably good sixty-five yards or something like that. And it was funny. I was sitting next to Coach Jason Garrett, as I mentioned before. Uh, I like to get that in there; it makes me sound more important. Um, and and at, right after that kick goes, he's like, "Isn't it amazing?" He's like, "If that kick goes in, maybe they win the game in overtime." When we're talking about how the Saints are gutted it out and found a way to win and came back and since that kick didn't go in I think he was lamenting the fact and how the narrative can change just by one or two uh, doings yes. off the upright this was a highly entertaining game give credit to both teams really right in this one um, Justin Jefferson went off again for the Vikings and I think both of these teams roster wise could be playoff teams but one is three and one now and the Vikings and the Saints are one and three and maybe in a little bit of trouble one has an offense and the other doesn't I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I think we're definitely seeing the the Sean Payton effect in New Orleans and the fact that they're missing him and a few tricks that he can bring to the game on a weekly basis and a little edge that way. I know they're losing these type of football games right now. You know, I, I, I watching this game, I really felt like Minnesota was in control of the football game. Really? They missed – I mean, first off, in control of the football game, Kirk Cousins throws an interception, you know. Get back control of the football game. Andy Dalton fumbles. They strip sack him. They're down there close. It's a wide open third and two throw. It goes right through the guy's hands. And now they got to kick a field goal. You know, they had that. They had the, um, they forced the other fumble with Hardy, the, the receiver. That was a kick punt return, I believe, on one of the, the fumbles, if I remember correctly. You know, really felt like Minnesota was outplaying New Orleans, but didn't kind of take advantage of it. And New Orleans hung around and then started to kind of get a little mojo going on the offensive side of the ball and put a few drives together. It wasn't easy, but they got it done. You know, but but yeah, I just New Orleans doesn't seem like anything's easy on the offensive side of the ball. And it's very reliant on their defense being dominant. And really, you know, I thought they were fortunate, honestly. And then and when I go back and watch, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought they were fortunate really to be in the game. And ultimately I think the biggest thing that jumped out at the end of the football game where you know, New Orleans couldn't stop Minnesota in some big moments. Was the fact that you know they uh, is J- Justin Jefferson. You know, New Orleans said we're going to put our best guy on your best guy, and Justin Jefferson won. And and what I want to just say is like, I, I just think that day's done in football with some of these receivers. It, it, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill. Debo Samuel, like you, you can't play them man to man. Like the Dolphins on Thursday night, they went 
we're going to double chase every play and put Xavier Howard on the second best receiver. I think that's the way to go in the NFL right now against some of these elite guys. It's too hard to say, I don't care who you are at corner, to just go, hey, cover this guy who runs 4-3 and he's a great route runner, he's got great ball skills, and just cover him all over the field. And they're going to you know, rub him against people and do this and do that. Like It's just it's, it's too much. Is that partly because of the way the game is officiated now? Too, or is it just the talent level of these wide receivers? I think it's just well th- that adds to it. You're right that that would add to it, but I think it is. It's just the talent of the receivers, the quarterbacks, the receivers. They're so good right now, as we've talked about. This is a culture thing in the world, in our country. You know, just there are people are throwing the ball 40 times in eighth grade now. Receivers are catching like they're playing sophomore football in high school, and they're like, I got 17 catches today, and it's like what? And when you and I were growing up, nobody threw the ball 17 times all year, all year. And I mean, seriously. Here we are, you know. Later on, where we're, where it's that way. So, uh, yeah, I would I would say you, you got to have a different approach when it comes to guys like that for sure. Raul Del Toro, fifteen, says, was Mike Zimmer really the problem? Vikings offense is still just okay, and their defense cannot pressure the quarterback. Oh, so he's he's saying, as you would say, pump the brakes on the Vikings here a little bit, maybe. Well, the the Vikings are the Vikings. I do think the offense has a little more versatility. I will say that. Um, the defense, yeah, there's not great, great talent on the defense, but I think, you know, all in all, they're sitting here at three and one and there's a different energy about their football team. You know, and I'm not saying it was Mike Zimmer's fault, but I think it was just came to that time where they needed something new in the building. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, at like Ed Donatel, what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, it's not going to look perfect. They're still in the process of, I think, of getting the right personnel that would fit that Ed Donatel 3-4-ish type scheme, Vic Fangio type scheme. So that's not all there, but I still think it's a good start here. And, you know, for an ugly week two loss against Philadelphia, right? And then last week to come back and beat the Lions – and then again this week, you know, gutted out in a game where really you blew opportunities to kind of control the football game. Yeah. And I got to give him credit there. And, and I'm not blaming Mike Zimmer totally for those things there, but I do think it was time for a, a fresh new start. That defense has come a long way in two years, too. They, what, two years ago, they were in the conversation for worst defense in football. Right. Right. And yeah. Not, not that anymore. Linebackers are pretty good. The pass rushers are pretty good. You know, we've talked about the secondaries, maybe needs a little work there, but you know, all in all, it's it's a pretty well coached football team and damn, like you you know, they're three and one. It's hard to, to argue against that. I think the Tennessee Titans are a pretty well coached football team. Mike Vrabel got them another win against the Indianapolis Colts. Twenty four seventeen was the final score in this one. Both of the running backs uh were kind of a story. Derrick Henry goes off again, second week in a row, over hundred and forty yards total. Uh, scrimmage yards had 114 on the ground. Jonathan Taylor left the game with an ankle injury. Um, yeah, Titans. Titans are close. Their offense is close. It's the second week in a row where we saw glimmers. I know in the Raiders game last week they kind of like they they faltered towards the end offensively yeah. and got the win. You know, but. I do see things over the last two weeks to go. Ooh, wait, the running game's close. The play action pass game. Watch out, right? You know, there's some of that. They just don't have a receiver that scares you. And that that's the biggest problem. You're exactly right, Amon. I think that's that's the part that they're going to have to continue to work on here. I think that's why you're seeing Derrick Henry for the second week in a row. A little more of the part of the pass game, the yeah. screen game, right? You know, the tight end Okwanko. He's very talented. I liked him coming out of Maryland. He's very raw, but man, he's he's better than I thought he was going to be, at least contributing here early on in the football season. But I think that's the next piece of the puzzle for them. You're right. They got to find that go-to guy 
or that guy that puts you in a bind with, oh, wait, now you're stopping the run and doing all that, and you're one-on-one out here. And that's where the risk of trading away A.J. Brown, you lost that. And I think that's why after they traded him, I think that's why Mike Vrabel had to get up and walk around the draft room and shake his head a few times because he was like, holy fuck, we just traded that guy? Like, that's kind of a big part of our formula here. And, yeah, Trey Burks is definitely not – you know, gotten to that level yet. No. But but they are closer. I think that's the thing. And it was easy for them, you know, moving the ball. And then they made some plays on defense where, you know, again, I'm I'm gonna give them credit for being the more physical team on the football field. And the Colts just every week get out hit. Every week. I know they won against the Chiefs last week. They were out fucking hitting that game too. The the Colts are concerning to me for sure. I mean Matt Ryan doesn't look the same. He looks weak, right? I would say to Matt Ryan, like if I was like his friend, I'd go. It looks like he's in this. I'm trying to stay thin and light and fast, Mo. And I'd go do the opposite. Be you're not that fast, and you never will be. Just be thicker and a little stronger, and have a little more pace on the football, right? I mean, every time he gets hit, it seems like he fumbles right now. You know, there, there's just it doesn't look good. And then their offensive line here, you know, almost every week since week one, we we're just talking about gets pushed around, whether it's the run game or the pass game. And uh, it doesn't look good for the Colts right now. And I'm not sure if they can really turn it around. I'm definitely skeptical about that. Yeah, they were pushed around by Danico Autry, a former Colt himself, two sacks yeah. and a forced fumble. You say, yeah, they got to Matt Ryan. He had some trouble holding on to the football, much like Trevor Lawrence. And Jonathan Taylor, did we show the graphic, the comparison, Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor? So uh, you see what Henry did there. Thanks, Kristen and Gabby, back in the uh, studio there. We were waiting. Uh, I was talking to them before the show while we waited for Chris to get in. Yep. Uh, I was late little, as usual. Late. Uh, 20 carries for Jonathan Taylor, 42 yards, left the game with an ankle injury. We, I don't think we had an update yesterday. We might get one at some point today from Frank Reich. From what I heard, it's not anything major. They they they, they escaped the very dangerous ankle. Like it, it's it's. He might be able to play. Yeah. It's not going to be out for an extended period of time. No, so maybe they, not they Thursday. Play on Thursday. Yeah, they do. But play he's on. not going to be out for an extended period of time. I feel like they, that's what I was so told. That might not be a major problem. But for the Colts team that I think a lot of people thought they could win the division, right? And maybe I'll put them in the Super Bowl because maybe the the quarterback was the last piece they needed. They're one, two, and one right now, and I don't know what the odds are. Bet MGM, but. I would bet against them making the playoffs. Like, what do you see right now that makes you think they're a playoff team? Uh, if you were to make the argument, uh, it, anything? It, it's hard that just you, 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 you uh, that hey, the O line will regain its form, right? Defense? I don't know. Defense is, you know, defense. I, I mean, I, I thought for sure they'd be able to stop the run game a little bit of Tennessee Titans. That was disappointing. And then Shaquille Leonard being back, and he gets a concussion right away, right back in in action to get going there. But no, I, I, I think you're, you're saying it right. I mean, I, they had four shamrocks up their ass last week to pull the game off against the Chiefs. Uh, they really realistically should be 0-3-1. That's really what they should be. And as of right now, yeah, if you made me bet or if you made me look at a team and go, oh, they're not in the playoffs right now, but watch out for them, uh, the Colts are not one of the teams I'm picking for sure. I'm not I'm not going there. Okay. Titans win 2-2. Two more two. faith in the Patriots. At one and three, then I do the Colts for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you know, if Mac Jones gets back and all that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. All right, not great if you're an Indianapolis Colt fan right now, but it is great if you like the song that we do here every Monday, Damn Okay, because it is Damn. that time. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Pete makes a good point. I need to have a moment where I say, I am Ahmed Farid. We need to, we need to infuse you in there. I guess I just did. We do. Um, I mean, you know, you still haven't, have you made the YouTube page promo yet? No. No. no so, never I mean, it's just it's disrespectful. It. No, I was on there doing an awkward handshake. Oh, uh, yeah, you Remember made Remember when it. I did it? It was actually worse than good. not being on That's there. That's right. I forgot. You complained to the bosses <laughs> and they finally put you in there. Yeah, they put my worst <laughs> clip on there. Uh, damn okay to the Chargers, Derwin James. The straw that stirs the drink of that defense for the Chargers. They beat the Texans 34-24. Derwin had six targets in coverage, two passes defended, three catches for just three yards allowed. He is awesome. He plays all over the field. Such a good dude. Uh, Great for the game that he's back there and healthy. Austin Eckler, three touchdowns first time he's gotten into the end zone this year. But, man, why can't the Chargers ever make it easy? I I don't know. It is amazing that way. I mean, they were unstoppable early on in the football game. They were. Davis Mills threw an interception early. And the Chargers scored, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, this is fun fun to watch. Herbert was on fire. I mean, he was making every throw. He was moving a little bit, throwing, you know, big-time throws that way. And you just went, oh, this one's over. But, you know, there we are, 27-7, and they put a good drive together. And then... Okay, the Chargers stall out, and they put another good drive together. I think that's the drive Damon Pierce broke, like the 75-yard run. And then all of a sudden you're going, oh, okay, hey, they're going to make this respectable. And then DeAndre Carter fumbles the kick return, and it's a short field. And you're going, holy shit. I mean, if Texans score a touchdown here, they're going to be up 28-27. Defense did a good job holding them a field goal, 27-24. They get the ball back, and... You know they go down the field and, and score a touchdown and kind of put the game away. But uh, I know it's a, it is amazing. But I think it just shows you in the NFL right now, no lead is safe. It doesn't matter who you are. You get a lead. It's hard to play super aggressive on defense. And then it goes back into the quarterbacks and offenses are just so good against some of these vanilla looks. Where mm. I almost get to the point here where I'm going to go, how much evidence do we need, right? Of like what's where's the analytics on prevent defense? Like what, if, if they go down and score in five plays against prevent, then maybe we should just keep calling the blitzes and the man demands and all that too. And so what if they score in five plays? It's the same as the five plays in the prevent. I don't know. Is, mm. Am I crazy to have that thought? I sit and watch games right lately and just go, 
I don't even think you should worry about that defense anymore. I don't I don't know. There's a part of me that's just yeah. like it's it's so easy when it gets yeah. to that point of the game. But um every dad in America has said the thing that Pete just said in my ear. What do he say? Prevent defense. More like preventing you from winning. <laughs> yeah. Every day. I know, I know. And I've said that before too, but it does seem like that. It it, it does right now. It it does. And I don't and know I think if there's gotta be a fine line. I don't know sometimes if it's the defense or if it's just letting your foot off the gas, right? You exactly. get a big lead, you the take, other teams putting like relaxed. pushing the envelope a yeah. little bit. There is. There's that part of it. There there certainly is. Um but you know, hey, credit to the Texans for hanging around. That was a big win for the Chargers. If they somehow blew that game right there. That would be one of those where I'd go, fuck. Their season is in yeah. trouble. Yeah. You know, they got some injuries. They gotta start they gotta win games like this. So that was good to see. And Herbert seemed healthy. I didn't see him really grimace or do anything with his rib back. yesterday. And hopefully he's he's getting closer there. Yeah, he was only sacked once. Meerkat Manor wants us to know to damn okay for Jamari Salyer. Yeah. Salyer? The left tackle. Sixth round pick came in left tackle for uh, Rashawn Slater, who's right. unfortunately out for the year. Yep. Zero pressures, zero sacks in his first NFL start against a productive defensive tackle squad. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it is. It's, you know, no great pass rusher there with Houston, but hey, protecting him, good start there. We'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see that. And then I know Derwin James balled out, right? On that, on the, on That's the defense gave the damn side okay of the ball. To. I know. Yeah. But like, with with him, I I know with him, I just wanted to talk to him because I didn't get to talk to him, talk about him. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm seeing the best Derwin James we've seen right now through like you know through four weeks. It just seems like it's every game that I've turned on, whether it was I watched the Raiders film to open the year, the Kansas City film. It's just run game, pass coverage. He's being used in more different, you know, more more versatile spots than I feel like I've ever seen. Um, he's just a phenomenal talent. He's like the jack of all trades. There, I just wanted to give him credit before we we moved on. Well, that's what we're doing in this damn yeah. okay. Is we're going to give credit. Pete has sorted it to give credit to some of these studs on defense, and so the Raiders got a stud on defense as they beat the Broncos in this one. We'll give the damn okay to Max Crosby, two sacks, four tackles for a loss, a batted pass that almost caused a safety when Russ. Uh, got caught in the end zone. This was another one of those late games that was happening while we were doing football night in America. But uh, the Raiders found a way to just stymie the Broncos in the second half. Max Crosby, a big part of that. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I mean, Max Crosby is by far the best defensive player on the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, that's, it's not even close. You've heard me complain. It's one of the issues with their team. They don't have anybody that can make plays on that side of the ball. All right. But the, you know, the odd game, and it was like the tale of two halves. First off, felt like Denver was kind of controlling the first half of the football game. Yeah. And then, you know, as we talked about, what was the game I just said with the game-changing play that we were just talking about a few minutes ago? Vikings-Saints might have been, or no, it might have been the Jaguars, the fumble with Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. This, uh, the Melvin Gordon fumble, fumble, right? And I know, like, the game was only 10-10, to 10, but... The Broncos kind of seemed like they had mojo going on the offensive side of the ball. They were driving, and now you're down 16-10. to 10. I know they got the touchdown before the half, but it's like it seems like from that point on, the Raiders kind of got going as a football team and, you know, ran the ball impressively. Ugly, really, the way they kind of won the football game. It was just ugly, hard-fought drives, you know, some good third-down conversions, some, you know, good eight- and ten-yard runs that way. Like, nothing that I can jump out to me that I remember watching going, oh, man, they're doing this. 
You know, I think really McDaniel has a good feel for like that defensive scheme, the Vic Fangio scheme. Derek Carr seemed, you know, kind of on his game, didn't make any dumb mistakes. And it was the first game all year we saw the Raiders' offensive line come alive and, and kind of win in the running game. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, after all the talk and the concerns in the preseason, he was yeah. playing a lot. They're like, what is Josh Jacobs doing playing all these snaps in the preseason? Uh, Jake Cameron, 2185, says, despite what you said, Raiders and Josh Jacobs can run the ball. Yeah. Oh, in your face. In my face, Chris Sims. Yeah, I, I listen, I hope they can continue to do this. I think that's, you know, again, we know balance and all that, but McDaniels, when he gets a little run game going, he's one of the best play-action pass designers in football. Uh, that's where I think life could be a lot easier, and then it takes a little pressure off of, wait, you can't double Adams or you can't d- double De- uh, or uh, Darren Waller. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a good start, certainly. I mean, it's something that we hadn't seen to this point. Yeah. You know, we've seen, like, okay run game, but that yesterday had moments of, like, damn, they're getting five, six yards at a clip whenever they want, and that was impressive to see. Antonio Romano gives a good question here. Based on what you've seen so far, should Russell Wilson have swallowed his pride and stuck it out in Seattle? They seem to be progressing, and Denver seems a mess. Love the show, guys, with yeah. a heart emoji. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank I, you well, I think, um, no, he's th- that was over. He he burned too many bridges there in Seattle. They were sick of him, as you could tell with Pete's comments after that, and I yeah. think he was sick of them. So um, I, I, I think, again, let's not judge it just after four weeks, right? There's some things that we've liked here. They're sitting here at two and two. It hasn't been pretty, I know, you know, but again, I, you blow a you blow a game in week one, and that you know changes the way things look to a degree. Right, right. Would you be know? three and one. Right, week two. Yeah, okay, ugly win, but got a win against Houston Texans. Right, and week three had to play the 49ers, and we know that's a really good defense. And then yesterday, yeah, you you know make a few mistakes, don't play your best, and um, the Raiders pull out the victory. So there they are. But I'm not ready to like count them out totally yet. Raiders got their first defensive touchdown since 2019. They got their first win of 2022 in this game. The Jets got a win, a comeback win against the Steelers. The Kenny Pickett era perhaps has begun, although Mike Tomlin has not made a formal announcement. But uh, he did not get the win. It was that second-year guy of Zach Wilson. We'll get to him in a second. But the damn okay goes to LaMarcus Joyner couple picks some big picks four passes defense so yeah. we wouldn't have the Zach Wilson comeback if it was not for Joyner no Joyner you know made a, a great catch down the field you know early on in the football game of the interception and then uh was his the last one there that Pickett would throw off his back foot the Hail Mary oh it was the Hail Mary so that doesn't really yeah, why count why not it's still got it's, it's okay they... it doesn't really count it's okay, okay. All right. All right. so he had so half one. an interception he had one interception <laughs> three passes defense dude. no but you Sims know rating. he he well I watched this game pretty closely he's a guy that his, his presence on the field is very well known when you're watching you know he's one of those guys that I think every team in football is looking for where it's like you know Hey, he's great in the pass game and a safety, but when we play him down here in nickel or he's around the box, man, he's an aggressive tackler and will throw his body around. He's very good. He's perfect for a Robert Sala defense. Uh, so that's where it makes a lot of sense. He, he's been in this scheme before throughout his playing days. Um, but, yeah, that was a big win for the Jets. You know, good job by him. Defense played solid. Really, you know, just off the top of my head here, I mean, the defense has been much better than the last what we saw last year. I know they gave up a few big plays to Joe Burrow and company last week in that game, but you know Lamar and the Ravens—they that wasn't easy. Yeah, you know Cleveland. Cleveland ran the ball on them. That was probably their least 
their worst defensive performance, but that's better. And then the juice that Zach Wilson, a.k.a. the Milfinator, brings is is tangible to their football team. All right, so Jaybird44 right. wants to know, in what areas do you feel that Zach Wilson showed improvement and what areas still need work? So well, yeah. he came on strong in the fourth quarter. I think we have some numbers to back that up for our viewing audience here. Fourth quarter, he was 10 for 12, 128 yards. When it mattered most... That guy stepped up. Well, he did, and, and he was, you know, he made some big throws even on their first drive of the or their first touchdown drive of the game to go up ten nothing. You know, where I went, damn. I mean, he he looked good. Now, you know, all right, just to, to give some context here, yeah, it got scary. I mean, the Jets did some really fucking dumb things in this one. They're down in field goal territory. He throws a stupid interception before the half. Right? Remember this? Then. Pittsburgh throws a Hail Mary, and they hit the quarterback too late. And then it moves them into field goal position, and Boswell kicks a field goal before the half to take uh, to, to make it 10-6. to six. There was some dumb shit there, for sure. And then, you know, the pick six, of course, that put them in a tough spot, and now it's... You know, uh, or it wasn't a pick six, but it was a, it got them down Return close, to the four-yard right? line, right. yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. So that makes yeah. it 13-10, to 10, and they're down. So a lot of things went against him. But so my big thing with him is just, you know, a, a little la- like just be a little more tactical in your aggressiveness, a little too gunslingery at times, a little too loose. Right. That would be the thing to answer the question specifically about, like, you know, what he needs to get better at. Yeah. You know, he's one of the he's got a great confidence in his arm. But I don't know. First off, he's not, you know, a statue in the pocket. We saw him get out of the pocket and avoid a bunch of sacks and pressure that Joe Flacco would have never gotten out of. And then, you know, to me, just some of the quickness and the precision and the power on some of the intermediate throws over the middle. You know, again, I know some people are going to just go, oh, look, that's a 12-yard completion over the middle. Great. I'm going to go, yeah, but the 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 quickness and how he gets the ball out of his hands, puts the ball on the money, and the RPMs on the football overall, you know, they're thrown into tighter windows. They give a guy a chance to run after the catch. You know, I thought he looked great that way. And again, it's they're running plays too that I look at and go, they're not trying to hide him. He's not throwing 12 screens and, oh, we're managing the game. I mean, they let it go with him. And he made some big throws those last two drives of the game. You know, reading coverages, making the right decisions down the middle of the field that I thought were big time. And uh, he deserves a damn okay. Yeah, before the comeback by Zach Wilson, though, we did have the comeback by Kenny Pickett, who yeah. made, his, made his debut in the regular season, the only first-round quarterback from this past draft. Some good, some bad. Two rushing touchdowns. Looked like he was running his mouth out there, too. So already was trash-talking in his first half of football. Uh, but also did ultimately have three picks in the game, although only two if you go by Chris Sims. Well, yeah, I don't care Hail about Mary. the Hail Mary, right? I mm. don't care about that. Take that one away. But the first one was not great when he tried to throw the post to Chase Claypool, right? And it was kind of double coverage. And, he, and, and really, he just didn't throw it far enough, right? So that, that, was, that was not good. Second I, one was high off the fingertips of Fryermuth, I think. That, right. You just can't make that throw there. Mm-hmm. There's, it's just not worth it. For what? The one-yard gain? Off your back foot? 25-yard throw across the field? With pressure in your face? On the sideline? Like, that's, you know, hey, next year, make that throw. You, you, we'll trust you a little bit more. But your first time playing, doing that, you know, late into the sidelines is definitely a thing that you get told about in the NFL. Yeah. You know, don't throw it late to the sideline because there's going to be bodies there 
balls do get tipped up in the air and that, and he threw the ball high, and yeah, it ended up being an interception and a huge moment in the football game. What'd you think of the good, though? Listen, I like the way he looks, and I would be shocked if he's not the guy, the guy going forward. You know, again, his he's such a consistent, smooth thrower of the football, and then like he had the one play we showed on our highlights last night with Friermuth down the middle, got hit in the face, and the one he was talking crap and all that. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's 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 tremendous under pressure. He really is. He's got great feel of just how to avoid the hit long enough so where he could throw the ball how he needs to throw it to get the job done. And uh, that's where I give him credit. And I think the Kenny Pickett era starts here. Probably his team going forward, as you mentioned right there. I don't think Mike Tomlin officially wanted to say anything after the game, but we would imagine he'll say something here pretty shortly if he has not already. As we move on to the Cowboys and the Commanders, 25-10 was the final score in this one. Damn okay to Trayvon Diggs. Got another one. Uh, faced four targets in coverage, one interception, two passes defense. The one catch he did allow was for only six yards. And that pass rush was awesome again. Thought it would be against Washington, who struggled yeah. to protect Carson Wentz. He was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks. Demarcus Lawrence had a couple quarterback hits. Uh, they had 11 quarterback hits in the game, even though they only got to him two times for a sack. I was thinking this. You know, Dallas, I don't think they, they have the best defense out there. But, man, oh, man, they might have the scariest defense. I, I, what do you th- think about that? That's, that's a good way to put it. You're right. Or it, it, There's a a playmaking element of them that is very scary. Whether that's Micah or Trayvon Diggs who are, you, you could argue, the two best playmakers of the position of football. I mean, Micah Parsons, he's, he's in the conversation for the best defensive player in the game along with Aaron Donald and you know Chris Jones and other guys that I'm, I'm certainly for Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and all that crew, right? He's definitely in that combo. And then Diggs, I don't think there's anybody with better ball skills in the game at corner. Him and Xavier Howard are like receivers. And the ball's around him, you just go, uh-oh, they get a hand on it, they're going to grab it. And he's phenomenal that way, has size to go along with it. you know. And to your point, scary, because he just goes, oh, you want to throw the 10-yard out? Well, you might get a touchdown, but it might be a touchdown for me too. Like That's where they're scary. And then you couple that with Dan Quinn, where – he deserves a lot of love. He does. You know, I was critical of Dan Quinn in the end in Atlanta. Just going, it's so predictable, and it's just so easy to game plan. He reinvented himself, and their defense does a lot of different stuff. And it, you couple that with the talent they have on the defensive line, and then his ability to stress the protections out a little bit, it does make them scary, to your point. And then they're playing the right way on the offensive side of the ball, and you go, damn. They're playing as a complete team right now and playing really, really good football. Cooper Rush becomes the first Cowboys quarterback to win his first four starts. We have the stats for Cooper Rush this season. Uh, 3-0 this season, four touchdown passes, no interceptions. Jerry Jones has got his wish. We have a quarterback controversy. (laughs) Yes, right, right. Sure we do. I mean, how much worse is this quarterback is this production Ben right than what we would have seen from Dak Prescott well I, I this is my problem first off I'm gonna go I don't know if they're gonna play this way with Dak Prescott you know me this is one of my gripes you know it, it's hey the other guys in we gotta help him out we gotta make a few plays you know the way we the, let's let's play a game plan that's the best for us to win the game and it's like well what the fuck were you doing before what were you doing before Oh, we had Dak and we're paying $45 million, so we got to justify it and throw it 45 times a game. We got to. Like, no, you don't. You don't. Dak Prescott is going to be able to make more big plays and put more pressure on defenses. Uh, I just hope they continue to play this way. Cooper Rush, great. He's, he's done a 
phenomenal job. There's no doubt about it. He has solidified himself as one of the better backups in football, if not maybe a chance to be a low-end starter and prove himself from there, like a bridge quarterback where you go, hey, you know, we'll go with Cooper Rush. We're not sure what we want to do this year. We got a young quarterback, right? And then to see if he can jump on the scene and be an established starter. But I think he's gotten to that point there where you go, Cooper Rush is going to be in the NFL for the next six to eight years now, for sure. Hmm. He's bought himself that. For this with this performance, but I think it's just you know again not that the run game kills it, but there's balance and there seems to be a real plan of attack as far as how they want to play the game on that side of the ball. And I think when you throw Dak in there, his ability to throw the ball down the field, stand in the pocket, make big throws, all of that, and the way they're playing right now, like Dallas is better than I gave him credit for coming into the season. I'm, I was wrong about that. Michael Gallup is back. One of my. Yeah. I like Michael Gallup, too. He's fun to watch for me. You put CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Noah Brown on the football field, those are some tough matchups. And, you know, you talk about tight end play and Schultz and Ferguson. They're not bad. And if they just stay patient with the run game and all of that, you know, yeah, I think Dallas is uh, more of a player in the NFC than, than I wanted to give them credit for. The commanders have some issues because the rest of the division is winning a lot of games. We got the Eagles undefeated. We got the Cowboys now with three wins. And the Giants. Yeah, commanders are done. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to just skip yeah. on them. Yeah, just real quick. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them, I'm yeah. sure, as we go, but not not great for them. The Giants, the to G- continue my transition, beat the Bears 20-12 to is the final score. We'll give the damn okay to Dexter Lawrence. Eight total quarterback pressures, couple sacks, a hit, five hurries. Um, the Giants' offense had a ton of rush yards. I mean, they're... So, they're ugly. It was uh, it was ugly, but not, but you look at some of the stats. I yeah. mean, like eight quarterback pressures. That's not ugly if you're a defensive guy. Right. Saquon Barkley hasn't been ugly, and Daniel Jones getting outside of the pocket. Hopefully, he comes back and that ankle's okay. I mean, yeah, you can say it's ugly, but they're they're playing winning football. They are. Point. We'll take it. They know who they are. A little bit like we were talking with Dallas, right? Like the Giants have had no illusion of what they are to start the year. You know, they manage the offense. The defense is. Better than people think, and it's pretty well creatively coached, and they have some size up front to where you can't just dominate them in the run game always. So they have that at least going for them. And I think when you couple that with Wink Martindale's ability to be creative in the back end, it makes them tough. But legs, legs are the, I mean, that's the, who they are. Daniel Jones' legs, Saquon Barkley's legs, Graham Gano's leg, it's the best thing the Giants got going for them. I mean, Daniel Jones' ability to run off the design run or just scramble or boot legs or whatever, it's the best thing they got going for them. And Saquon Barkley is definitely in the combo for best running back in football. I mean, he's back. I don't know if there's any way to say it. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Kyle Vert 53 wants to say it. Right. He goes, damn okay to Saquon Barkley. He's done nothing but put the G-men on his back through the first four weeks. What do the Giants have to do to support him and not wear him down? Okay, that's an interesting question. He had 146 yards on 31 carries in this game. They also threw through to him two times. Yeah, they're not going to um, do any. They listen, listen. Hey, I'm a Giants fan, and I'm and and Kyle Vert 53. The Giants receivers suck. They're not go- This is nothing's going to change. We got to ride Saquon if we want to keep winning games. There's there's no other way. And give some credit, Giant fans, to Daniel Jones. I'm sick of it. I really am. It's three and one. He fucking makes plays with his legs. He's tough as shit. They still don't protect all that great. The receivers are never open, and they're three and one, and he's a big reason of it. I know it's not sexy, I get it, but damn, like give the guy a little credit. Two touchdowns, big runs, 
You know, we'll see. You know, it's going to stink with he got a, looks like a high ankle sprain. And, you know, that sucks because it's we're talking about it. He's such a big part of the offense, his movement. And they got to play Green Bay. He's not going to be able to move the same way. You know, and, and Tyrod Taylor is going to be in concussion protocol. You know, I expect Daniel Jones to play this week, but he's not going to be the same guy. I, I would think it's going to be, you know, a little bit of one-legged Willie out there playing in, in London. Um, Justin Fields, the other quarterback on the other side, uh, pressured on 50% of his dropbacks. Yeah. He was two of eight for 17 yards, six sacks when he was under pressure. Man, six sacks. Yeah. Uh, for a guy that can move around and has has some mobility, completed 11 passes, did throw for 174 yards, but that Bears offense outside of Herbert, there's not much going. It doesn't look great. No, and and you know I think you know one, it's um, it, it's it, I think the really like the Giants stress their protection schemes a little bit. Fields holds the ball too long at times, right? That's another issue. And they just don't have a drop back passing element that really is even worth a damn right now that can like back a team off. And again, I know they don't have great talent. I get it, you know. But their offensive line has proven they can run the ball just about on anybody here so far during the year. They're they're running the ball on everybody. They ran the ball in Green Bay. They run the ball last week, you know. And uh, you know they ran the ball a little bit on the 49ers. They ran the ball a little bit yesterday, at least with enough success. It's the pass game that really fails them. Yeah, there's just no consistency there. There's no ability to stay on the field. You know, get ahead of the chains. It's like if they don't run for six on first down, it's like, uh oh, what's going to happen on this drive? You know, and other than you know a, a, a few runs and a one deep ball to Darnell Mooney, I just feel like there's very little to speak of or really get a a feel or get excited about with their offense right now in Chicago. You know, thinking about it, the the best quarterback from that class two years ago, man, that might be Zach Wilson. That's kind of crazy. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Uh, some guy would have. <laughs> but, but we'll see. I'm yeah, not ready we'll to see. say that it's yet. Been, it's tough. It's tough sledding. Not a whole lot of help around what? Justin Fields. That 174 yards, by the way, was a season high for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's ridiculous in itself. That 174 yards. And, and again, this is. I think it's a little bit of. Uh, I'm going to say. You know, you heard me say this. A little bit of both here. Yeah, they don't have great talent. I don't think he's given them great confidence about. You know. His accuracy, some of his decision making early on in the year, where they want to let him just drop back and throw the football. You know, like I said, the film has told me the last two weeks that they're managing him a little right now. They don't trust the decisions, they don't trust the ball, and that's why there's lack of pass attempts. And then I don't think you know pass protection goes into this as well. Um, but yeah, there there certainly needs to be some growth from the Chicago offense. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. All right. Three more games, and we're going to do that. 
with Gimme the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. What up, Hyundai? Do your breaking news little thing. I think that's Gimme the Headlines, brought to you by Hyundai. Let's get the first edition out there. Yeah, give me the headlines. All right, so we got Seahawks defeating my Detroit Lions in the highest scoring game in the NFL since 2019, I think. Uh, 48-45 was the final score. What's your headline? Well, I, I said this yesterday just as the game was going on. Let Geno cook. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is going on yeah, here? Russ is like, this is what I wanted. This is all I wanted. I wanted to throw the ball every down. But, I mean, Geno was phenomenal to start the football game. I mean, throwing the ball, was making plays with his legs. I mean, you know, this game, the other headline I thought about coming up with was like Elway versus Marino. Oh, nope, it's <laughs> Geno versus Goff. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, they Seriously. both were over 300 yards. Jared did throw for 378. Yeah, six touchdowns between the two of them. One interception with uh, was Jared Goff. But, yeah, Seattle didn't punt in this game. Lions defense is awful. It's awful. It might be the worst all-time. It's 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 up there. It'll be in the conversation, I think, by the end of the I, year. I think you're probably right. Unless they turn it around somehow. It doesn't seem like anybody has any problem moving the ball however they want. Yeah. Against the Lions defense. But let's it, give credit to Geno, though. Yeah, Geno has is, been phenomenal. He's played really good the whole year. I, I hope people back up you know, back up off him a little bit here. You can see the guy's got talent. He does. He's a pretty good decision maker. You know, the ball pops out of his hands. You know, he's he's uh, done more than, I think, answered questions about whether he deserves to be a high-valued backup or a starting quarterback. I mean, again... You know, there's Jared Goff, who's, who played really well, too. He's been to a Super Bowl. You can't sit there and tell me that, you know, the ball comes out of the hands of Jared Goff the same way it does to Geno Smith, nor can he run like Geno Smith. So, you know, there you go. Sometimes just the perception leads to this false reality that's not real, but uh, it, was, it was good to see. And then, you know, got just seemed like, you know, they were going to take their cuts with Metcalf and Lockett yesterday. And I know Metcalf went off. Lockett had a real damn good day, too. They were aggressive. They weren't going to like let the Lions off the hook and be like, well, we're going to run the ball and uh, play this kind of game because we're the Seahawks and Pete Carroll. They were like, I think what you said. They are like, you guys suck. We're attacking you, and yeah. we're going to make plays. And then they go, oh, wait, we can run the ball, too. And they can't stop that. And Rashad Penny had 151 yards. You mentioned DK Metcalf went off in the game. You know, that was for a bathroom break. Do you remember? That really was. On he the went cart, off on the right? cart on we a bathroom like, bed. I was like, oh, no, DK's hurt. I know. I thought that, too. Uh, did, he tweeted about it, too, after the game, right? Do we have that? Where he says, uh, do we have DK Metcalf's Twitter? And it says, that clinch walk wouldn't have made it. So I guess he means if he would have walked off the field, he wouldn't have got to the bathroom in time? Is I that guess, what he's saying? I think like he would have peed himself? He's saying that clinch, I don't think it's more than pee. I don't think he's worried about pee. You don't take the cart in. Because you can't hold it. That, that's that's really that's a shit emergency right there, right? <laughs> really, uh, if you had to pee that bad in the NFL, guys would huddle around you and they would go, and no. somebody would hold the towel up, and you pee on the sidelines into a garbage can. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely a thing, a hundred percent. Or like when every now and then you got to watch the sideline. I mean, you know, there's probably a guy peeing on the sideline once a week. Did you ever do that? Um. No, I don't think I did. I think I held the towel around a guy once who had to do it when yeah. I was in Tennessee. I can't remember who it was, right? Or you might see guys get down on a knee. They get yeah. down on two knees, and then people huddle around them, and somebody will like hold the garbage can down so he can go down there, and they can hide from the crowd and everything like that. What if it's artificial turf? Well, they pee in a garbage knee. can. They don't on pee. a knee. How do they do it on a well, knee? I, like I, that? You know, you could tilt it over and, and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have to leave for uh, number no, two? Never, never. First off, like. 
I always had like the night before the game, I could never eat a full big meal because I was already starting to get a little anxious for the game. Yeah. The morning of the game, I mean, like no appetite. Had to force a waffle down my mouth with like some bacon. And even I was like literally like halfway through the waffle, like, <gasps> yeah. <gasps> my mouth was dry because I'm like, oh, yeah. Julius Peppers is coming today. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just Definitely. the way I was. I, I was, I was, I was in knots until the game started. And then I was like, okay, gosh, this isn't. This, is, this feels better to play now and stop thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I never had to take that, that break right there. All right. Well, but the, the, yeah. your Lions, too, you know. Hyundai didn't know this. This was going to be part of the segment. Managing, yeah, managing the game and mistakes still. You guys just can't afford to do that, whether it's, you know, missed fourth quarter, turnovers, missed fourth downs, I mean, yeah. or even like, um, you know, hey, golf starts the second half, right, with the pick six. Right, Josh Reynolds has the the fumble at an inopportune time. So it seems like every time you guys kind of get going and okay, woo, this could get become a, a closer game, which I know it ultimately did. You know, you guys would make a mistake and the Seahawks would go up by you know ten points or two scores or whatever, and it was just like you guys were always chasing. Sorry, TJ, TJ Hawkinson did have 179 yards and a couple touchdowns, career day for him. Uh, Scorigami too, 48-45, first time in NFL history that we have ever seen that score. I, I was sitting there like that's why I wanted to say Elway Marino. It was like it was like like Marino and Ken O'Brien back yeah. in the day they with the Jets Dolphins. Yeah, <laughs> they could not do that. Uh, maybe one day Kyler Murray will have a game like Jared Goff. One day, uh, Kyler Murray did get a win against the Panthers. Twenty six sixteen was the final score. Your headline for this one was: We're not in Oklahoma anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because yeah. these two quarterbacks, as we know, won that Heisman and back-to-back years at Oklahoma, and it was offense was easy, and we throw the ball all over the place. These two offenses suck. There's no other way to say it. They suck. You know, I don't want to say the quarterbacks suck. Uh, the one thing I'll give Kyler Murray credit for is he, he's rare to force the ball, even in these ugly games. Baker Mayfield, you can't say the same. He's a little more apt to, like, let me f- squeeze one in the window here. And, uh, you know, his mistake, I think the interception to guard deck late in the football game was really the, the thing that closed the deal. But, yeah, I mean, look at look, look, like, look at the, the Carolina offense. They can't even get D.J. Moore the ball. You got Christian McCaffrey leading the game and receiving. It's just like every week it's like, well, I hope McCaffrey breaks a big play just to make our stats look somewhat okay. I mean, they're, they're pitiful on that side of the ball. And, yeah, I don't think that much of the Cardinals offense either. I think Matt Rule will be the first coach to be fired. He, they, they are now 1-26 under Matt Rule when the opponent scores at least seven points and have lost 24 such games in a row. It, it, it's, it's ugly, and I would agree with you. I think he's probably on the way. With How the much way, longer does he have? I, this could be an in-the-season in firing. You know, Pete's in my ear going maybe before Halloween. I, I think it could, ju- ju- you know, be that way. David Tepper doesn't seem like he's got a whole lot of, you know, patience that way. Do we have their schedule? And then, and then, you know, like early on in the game, you know, the Cardinals were like dying for them to take control of the game. And yeah. the Cardinals get stopped on a fourth and one, right? Kyler throws a pick six. The next drive, they go for it on fourth and one, and the center snaps it over Kyler's head, right? And, you know... And then there you go, and you go, wait, it's 10 to 10? 
Like, you had all these breaks? Oh, wait, you called a double reverse and you guys fuck up the exchange and fumble that and give it back to the Cardinals? It's just like anytime they kind of get a, a a little bit of an edge, they end up messing it up as well. It's just that was an ugly football game altogether. K1 since day one wants to give a damn okay to Zach Allen, who helped make that game ugly for some of the offenses for the Carolina offense. He took over the game versus Carolina, says K1 since day one, has been a top five defensive tackle in the NFL this season, he proclaims. It, he's been damn good. And I've certainly talked about him when we watched the Chiefs game, right? When we, we did yeah. the Wednesday podcast, I said, man, he pops a lot. Yesterday, yeah, whether it's pressure on the quarterback, he's like little like mini J.J. Watt. He's got that same type of feel. The one thing he is phenomenal at that always pops out to me is, you know, high motor, disruptive, but great eyes and as far as batting balls down. And I'm sure J.J. Watt's taught him a little bit of that right there. But, yeah, that that's... You know, he is. He's definitely one of the best players on the front seven for a team that doesn't have really a lot of difference makers up there in in the in Arizona. But, yeah, Panthers are too talented to be looking the way they look on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. I don't mean to go back there, but it's just – Brutal. It is brutal. And, you know, the two interceptions, they, they were bad too by Baker. They were. You know, he throws the first one where I think Thompson gets it. He's got DJ Moore down the field in a man-to-man situation on a corner route, and he throws the ball behind him, throws it in the worst spot, and DJ tries to, you know, reach back. And as he's reaching back, the ball gets tipped in the air, and it's an interception. So, you know, it was nothing special. And, of course, Arizona was nothing special either. But they at least they make less mistakes, and Arizona at least gives you the feel of, like, they're going to make a play at some point. They're, they're, they just got too many guys who are playmakers to where you just feel like somebody. Arizona, Arizona at some point. It might not be pretty, but you know, the, the, you're in a 10-10 to 10 game and it's fourth quarter. You know, My money is on Arizona to kind of make yeah. a play to, to kind of separate themselves. It might not be pretty. It might be a good way to headline our last game that we're going to talk about here. Falcons beat the Browns 23-20 to 20 in a game that I basically have no feel for. I was like, what happened in that game? Uh, your headline for it, though. Okay, I got to get back there. Hold uh-huh. on, here we go. Uh-huh. It is rush more, pass less. All right, and that's because I mean the, the stars of this game were the running game, mm-hmm. uh, and it was like uh, I I don't really remember seeing very any marquee passes the whole game. As I'm writing down my notes and as the game's going along, I'm going. Man, Browns drive down the field, three big runs, got them down there, and they scored a touchdown. Oh, the Falcons answered back. It was two huge runs, and they got a field goal. They're a touchdown. I mean, it was certainly the rushing game that seemed to be, you know, the star of the show in that one. And, um, yeah, I mean, we knew that Cleveland's running game was going to be good coming into the year. The Falcons and Arthur Smith, again, I just I can't give enough credit for a team that I don't think is overly that talented. You know, they play the right way, and they're tough, and they hang around, and here they are at 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. And I think that's a lot because of Arthur Smith and his X's and O's, knowing what they are as a team and managing the game the right way. They're your mini crush. Jaguars have been your big crush. Maybe, yeah. maybe Atlanta's growing on you well, here. Well, I always – it's like it's like Robin Hood. It's just like they're, they're like a team that we didn't expect to kind of be this this way and they, they're physical and there's some grittiness to them to where I don't know how you can't respect it and like it to a degree. At one point with Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, they had 14 straight runs. That's unbelievable. Like, they was like, we don't care. We'll just keep running it. And they were gashing them. I mean, they really were. And um, Marcus Mariota had seven completions and 19 attempts. He threw for 37% in the game. Yeah, that's not pretty. Didn't need him. But, Outrushed. Yeah, but Outrushed with that themselves. O-line, which I think is pretty damn good, and Cordero at running back, and then Mariota's ability to run the ball, they put you in a bind that way. And then they're just hoping to hit a few big plays to Pitts and Drake London, and they'll call it a day in the passing game. 
Defense has been damn good. Grady Jarrett, your guy from last week, big yep. ass. He looked good again. I mean, he certainly popped Could to me a few times. The Big Butt of the Week award two weeks in a row. I don't know. Never It'd be happened hard before. As a defensive tackle where they let up that many yards rushing. I don't know if you'll give it to That's him this a week. Good but, call. Yeah. But either won. way, uh, that was a, a good victory by by the Atlanta Falcons. And that was give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. It leaves us with one more, oh. one more game to talk about that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. It is our Monday night game, Rams at 49ers. It is our Bet MGM parlay preview. You pick these games all on Thursday. Yeah. You always stick to it. I say it every week. I did. Uh, 49ers I are changed last night. Did you really? I did. I was very close to changing to Kansas City. Oh, that's right, because you picked... I picked Tampa, and you know, as we were like getting before the show, and I was like, "Damn, the hurricane stuff," and they were in Miami and all that. I was like, "Man, maybe I should just pick the Chiefs." I hate to change it, but maybe this is one. But I, I didn't, and I paid oh, for gosh it. Gosh darn! And it. then I was yelling around, going, "How could I pick this old quarterback over Mahomes? <laughs> what was I thinking?" <laughs> yeah, you got the 49ers. Um, yeah, what is your pick? I don't have your pick here. The 49ers are favored by. I took the 49ers. Uh, you did. They're yeah. favored by a point and a half. Over under is 42 and a half. You think it's going to be high scoring, low scoring? I, I would expect low scoring. I think it's two defenses and and two even offensive coaches that I think help their defenses out to know, hey, like Kyle does this, McVay does that. We want to stop this. Here's how you stop that. He's not going to – they know each other too well. Yeah. And Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator from the Rams, you know, he's, he coached under Kyle Shanahan, so he knows some of his tricks there. And I have a hard time thinking. I'm picking the 49ers really out of a more of a desperation thing. The fact that, whoa, you could be one and three here. You know, the, the Rams are playing better football than they are. There's no doubt. But Jimmy G's got to play better. But the, the, my, my breakdown, and you've heard me say this before, is just where the 49ers are a tough matchup for the Rams because the Rams want to overwhelm you with their team speed. The 49ers, maybe not as fast as the Rams overall, but it's not far off, but do have a size advantage that I think is significant. Okay. So that's where they kind of win this matchup a little bit. Uh, we'll see if Garoppolo can take advantage of some of the opportunities given to him tonight. I'm expecting him to bounce back, and the 49ers, like I said, to be looking down the barrel at 1-3 and three to, to win an ugly football game 20-17. to 17. The over-under for Cooper Cup receiving yards is 93.5. I think. I would say no. Under. I would say under tonight. I would. I would think that if they have a big night passing tonight, it's going to have to be somebody else. You know, and we've seen glimmers of Allen Robinson. It's getting close, but I just think, you know, I'll go back to first off, I think D'Amico Ryans is a really good defensive coordinator. I think, excuse me, Shanahan will have a good feel and kind of going, hey, when they put him here, they're trying to do this or try, and they'll come up with the creative zone coverages to where he's not doubled, but he's kind of doubled because yeah. they got people dropping in the right areas. And and because of that, I'm, I'm going to take the Rams in this. I mean, the 49ers at home. In I this mean, one. it hasn't been good to bet against Coopers in the NFL. Cooper Rush. Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup. Amari Cooper, though, just one catch last week. So oh. maybe there's one Cooper. Maybe this was the week to bet yeah. against the Coopers. <laughs> uh, the action never stops at Bet MGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIN. Sims, two M's on Sims, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000, Chris. So say you bet $100 on the Rams to win. Okay. If you win, you'll get $105. Wow. Big payday. Yeah. But if you lose, 
you still get $100 worth of free bets. Cool. So you don't really ever lose. You never lose, at least with this promotion. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. You can lose in gambling. That's a disclaimer that we just need to say. Yes, you can. And participation in this, we do need to note, is optional. Yes, you Again, don't have to we, do we, it. we always say that. You We're don't. never going to force you, you to do You don't anything. have to give your money. Yeah. Or bet money on football games. But, but, hey, I understand. All my friends do. If you do, you have fun with it, and maybe you'll win some money. Yeah, just don't bet your house on it. Don't <laughs> bet your life on it. Yeah, Let's not yeah. lose everything over the 49ers Unless Rams. it's a Chris Sims best bet, then it's guaranteed to win. Absolutely not. Not right now. <laughs> Please don't listen. Just listen to the information and make your own bet, okay? Because yeah. I'm not. I'm on a cold one right now. I definitely am. But you know what we will be doing this what? week? Wednesday treasure hunting. Oh, yes. That's right. We'll be back Wednesday for What the Fuck Happened podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And I'll keep sending in the questions, homies. Hope everybody's good. Hope everybody enjoyed week four. Ahmed, thanks for being on time as usual today. (laughs) One of these days, I'll be on time as well. That's all right. right. Way to go. Way to leave the charge. One day. I know. I don't really have an excuse. I'm just a late person. I'll be late for my funeral. Everybody be (laughs) good. Enjoy the Monday night game. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.